The following is a presentation of the Ohio Sports Gazette, your home for extensive coverage of Ohio professional, collegiate, and high school athletics. Your state, your teams, your gazette. For more information, visit us on the web at ohiosportsgazette.com. Hello and welcome into Set Piece. This is a podcast talking everything about Ohio professional soccer that includes Columbus Crew and FC Cincinnati. I'm Justin Thomas. We have on board here Zach McClurg, Lee Lukasevic, and Kyler Washam, all very fantastic analysts that are going to kind of talk us through everything dealing with Columbus and FC Cincinnati. Obviously, a lot to talk about the crew have new ownership. They're officially saved. FC Cincinnati making the jump to MLS. Maybe even we'll talk a little bit about USA. We'll see how things go for today. So I want to uh, introduce my first person listed here, Zach McClurg. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk about soccer. I'm glad you guys took this jump to talk about soccer. Talk about things. Uh, on official <laughs> podcast. So I uh, want to thank you guys for, for jumping in on this. Um, McClure, you want to go ahead and give a, a little bit of introduction to yourself, kind of your favorite clubs around the world, your soccer background, anything important to note with that? Oh, sure. Happy to get my own 15 minutes of fame in here. Um, so I played soccer growing up for most of my life. Um, probably started when I was about five years old, made my way all the way through high school, freshman year. Um, and then I decided to call it quits and turned myself into an aquatic athlete. Um, so from there, I was simply a fan. Um, grew up kind of a secondary fan of Columbus Crew, not, you know, totally involved just because I lived all the way up in Toledo area. Um, but now that I'm down in Columbus, I am, I would consider myself a major fan now, um, mostly through Twitter. And then I make myself <laughs> known at games. Um, and then other than that, I guess I'm an Arsenal fan, uh, as painful as it is to be sometimes. Um, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. There we go. Arsenal always one injury away from winning the Premier League. Every oh, you, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I've learned. Um, <laughs> now, it's important to note you didn't you didn't necessarily call it quits because you and I were playing some intramural soccer uh, for Alpha Sig. Oh, that's it. fair. So, so, you know, we we made a, a championship back in the day, uh, man. Way back in the day, back when I you know, could run around the entire game and not feel like I just went through war. Yeah, right. Uh, so there, there is there is that aspect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have also Lee Lukasevic here. Lee, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. How you doing, Justin Thomas? Well, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You just <laughs> doing all right? Oh, I mean, it's about to get a lot better once we get chatting here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, why don't you <laughs> chat about yourself first? What What's your What's your background here? All right. Well, you know, I'm originally from southwestern Pennsylvania, a little small town called Shawleroy. I uh, started playing soccer when I was four. Played all the way up through high school and one year of college at Ohio Northern. And then uh, switched on over to a couple years of football, as uh, as our neighbors down south call it, the football day Americano. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, fan-wise, I'm, I mean, I go back to Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a little small town team, but mm-hmm. Columbus Crew's kind of been my team as of late. Glad we were able to save them. And uh, internationally, I, I'm a Chelsea fan. I believe you're a Chelsea fan yourself. I am. <laughs> Got a Pulisic on the way. Mm-hmm. Big things. Big but, things. <laughs> but we'll, we'll focus on the crew for now. Big yeah, things we'll happening there. The Big things happening there. But blue is the color. Uh, that is how it, <laughs> how it is supposed to be. Uh, Kyler Washam, we have you on board as well. Kyler, how are you doing? Oh, not too shabby. And yourself, Justin Thomas. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad all three of you asked me how it was. Well, today. everybody Very needs important. to ask their own individual questions here. So uh, I needed to ask you that. Okay, that's um, fair. But moving on, moving on. Uh, I uh, have played soccer my entire life, played all through high school with you, JT Amos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, moved on to college where I played with the old man over there, Lee Lukasevic, the man who uh, is kind of a big deal, all right? around those parts uh but uh uh huge huge uh columbus crew fan and internationally probably uh a liverpool fan 
just because they were founded on my birthday, March 15th. So uh, kind of ran with that one. That's a solid year. So I just, I, you know, once you realize a team's founded on your birthday, you kind of got to go with them. Yeah, and so. it's a major one. So how about that? Could have been, you know, like Swindon Town or somebody. Well, well you know what? Swindon Town really is bringing in the heat now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But uh, that is my background, sir. All right, awesome. You guys, you guys know me. Obviously, I've, I've played played soccer since like kindergarten. Uh, obviously, played there with with uh, with Kyler. There, it's going through Shawnee. Played with Zach <laughs> and Intermills with Alpha Sig. So I, I guess the only way to do this is Lee. You and I got to get on a team, play together. And Kyler, <laughs> you and you and Zach got to get on a team and play together. Uh, maybe we should get a, you know play a little World Cup or something. Yeah, we get some pickup uh, soccer going. Let's do it. Yeah, do a little tailgating action. Uh, <laughs> I hear there's I hear there's going to be a pretty neat little uh, soccer area coming up here in Columbus in the next three or four years. It's true. That, that's true. That's yeah. true. And have some community. Some community pitches. We'll have uh, a little community center. We can all just go out and definitely kick it. So you kind of alluded to our first task here. Let's talk about Columbus because. Obviously, the big news yesterday was the official press conference, right? That we, uh, the Columbus crew has officially been saved. Crew are staying in Columbus. And this was obviously very uncertain for, uh, you know, over a year on what was happening with Columbus. Uh, and at this point now, things are shifting the right direction. I think it's a win for everybody that's, that's pretty much involved. Uh, obviously, pre-court is done, right? You can go down and do whatever he wants in, in Austin. Uh, MLS sort of fixed up this kind of issue, right? This dumpster fire of a, of a, a PR campaign where there's all this kind of stuff. And this is really a big win for the fans because this is kind of the first time that a huge fan movement really was successful. Uh, this is a situation where you started just with the hashtag save the crew, but a lot of people worked behind the scenes. A lot of people worked in front of the scenes and everyone kind of in Columbus collectively, whether uh, you were well-known such as the Columbus partnership or the mayor, or if you were just a, a true fan of the team uh, really came together and really made this happen. Obviously it took a lot of kind of international attention. Um, people from other clubs around the, around the league also jumped on board with this. It was a huge win for the fans uh, and, a, and a big thing. So overall, what are just your thoughts on this? Like, do you think this is something that, that could ever happen again? You know, what is with Columbus? What really got this job done? And this is any, any one of you can jump on this first. One of you guys. I'll, I'll restart, <laughs> right. Let's start. Let's start with, uh, with Zach. Cause I know Zach was always retweeting and favoriting everything from every possible uh, diehard crew support. I know was working with it guys such as, uh, as Morgan Hughes. I think that's the, the big name. On that, but a lot of other people that definitely were were very well involved with it. Um, yeah, sure. I guess I'll jump in on that for a little bit. Um, I think Morgan was kind of the the front, if you will, um, the really the face of the crew, save the crew movement. Excuse me. He uh, he was really out there and in front of everybody at all of the public events and on Twitter, obviously. Um, so he did a great job of keeping himself and keeping everybody motivated and ready to go. Um, but I think overall, this is a movement that is very difficult. It would be very difficult to emulate. Um, there's obviously. Oops, sorry, I lost you guys there. <laughs> there's been uh, there's been plenty of movement of teams over the years, um, as we know, like uh, the Rams to L.A. and then to St. Louis and. Um, what do we have the chargers? We have Oakland, we have the Seattle supersonics moving. So all of these teams have, you know, been pushed out by owners looking to, uh, explore stronger markets. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is about Columbus. Columbus is a hardworking town. We're known as, uh, we're on the rise, obviously going to add another million people here before 2050, they say. Um, and it's just, something that people gravitated towards and they found a community in and they continued to fight for what they believed in. And as we're seeing now, the fruits of all of that difficult time, I mean, it was a long 18 months and for everybody, just going to games was difficult. Uh, no, thinking that maybe it was, you know, the last season and uh, there was always that, will we be, will we ever see these guys again in the back of your head? So it's great to see 
um, the fruits of that labor, I guess. It really is because you're absolutely right. Uh, every time you know you you went to a match, you're thinking, "Is this is this the end of soccer in Columbus?" Something that has been around for so many years. And, and since I day one, one, man. Since day one, right? Charter member number one. So, uh, and I remember going to kids as a, as a little game. And you know, when you go to the games, you see like the thousand little kids out there running around on that field <laughs> taking a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. That was me one day. So, uh, you know, in the way in the past, I was definitely the smallest one out there, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, still might be things like that. <laughs> I still might be. You're absolutely right. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just so many, so many memories going, going to games, especially with you guys and, and my and my brother. Uh, my brother and I have gotten play, the playoff tickets every single year that they've made the playoffs since uh, since Burhalter got there. Uh, obviously, he's gone now. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, just things like that, just those memories, and, and you, you don't something you don't expect every season where one day your team just will be gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a pretty wild thing to think about. Um, I mean, there was a lot of comparisons to um, just teams in Europe and comparing the move, the, the the attempt at moving um, mm-hmm. a community asset, not just a team. It's a community asset, and there was talks of like about how this would never fly in Europe. And if the U S ever would like to reach that, those heights um, in terms of quality of soccer, I think that that's, this would have shown that we're just not ready for it. Um, so I don't know. I think it could be a positive for everybody involved and just U S soccer in general. Um, but yeah, there is that, the, that emotional factor of everybody has a history with this team. And it, like I said, it's a community asset. So it's great that it's going to remain and, grow absolutely and growing is obviously part of this new idea with the new ownership that's taking over and it sort of came from kind of one of the most unlikely sources the cleveland browns owners right the Haslam family and kyler i know that you're a browns fan uh, it, it's almost sort of an interesting take but then again you see obviously atlanta united's very successful and i believe they have the same owners as the falcons right um so you see these situations but how excited are you for the new the new ownership, Lee? Are you excited about this this new ownership taking over? I know you're a Steelers fan, so <laughs> you're not necessarily uh, full fledged on board with the with the Hassel family only the Browns. But what about the crew? No, I can agree to that. I mean, like you said, I'm a Steelers fan, and I mean, our ownership is like the heart of the city, and that seems to be the case with the new uh, with the Haslam's taking over the crew. Like they're hometown owners, and I that's kind of what we needed. Like when we had pre-court, it was more of a business. Now it's more of a family atmosphere. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the new ownership. I think it's going to be here for a long time. I agree with that. Uh, A family aspect. Uh, Obviously the Edwards family also um, part of the new ownership and Dr. Edwards was there since day one. Um, So how exciting is that? Uh, for just people that you know have been with the organization and people that are definitely invested in it, uh, what what can that attribute to a, a club like this, especially kind of on a restart here, Kyler? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's I think it's pretty huge to have somebody that's been there since day one to be involved with the ownership and have that kind of, I guess, rapport with the team. That's pretty awesome that a guy can, in some ways, kind of like, you know, start from the bottom and then end up, uh, you know, being a partial owner to the team. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he, I think it's going to bring, you know, a lot of good, good mojo, good movement to the team. Cause I think, uh, you know, a guy that's been around this long with the team and has seen it grow and is that invested is only going to make good moves for the city and for the team in some ways. So, you know, I think, it, I think it's a awesome, awesome thing that uh, Mr. Edwards has done. And I think, uh, having his family involved and everything with Columbus for this, this amount of time. And, you know, I just think it's going to be a huge deal. I think it's going to be awesome for the, for the fans and for the team and for the community also. Yeah. Especially since, uh, from my account, just looking at last year, I think, uh, there was only one, uh, Anthony pre-court sighting, right. And that was mm-hmm. on a, in a row game, I think at Portland. Uh, so obviously, Dr. Edwards has been with the team, so you know he's going to the games. Um, and, the, and they even said, I believe, in, in, in a statement that uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of them. And that's that's a okay in my book. I, I mean, you as much as you look at like 
comparisons, uh, obviously Jerry Jones, you see Jerry Jones oh, at every yeah. single Dallas Cowboys game. Uh, now, obviously, he is very, very, very wealthy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the fact of the matter is he's, he's a well-known icon for owning the Cowboys because he is at every single game. He's there whether they are winning or losing. Um, obviously, he's very opinionated on that sometimes. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is I think the local ownership, which is what the MLS has been wanting, um, I think this would definitely be a very, very big um, step forward for Columbus because um, even with how much the Hunt family did, the Hunt family owns the Kansas City Chiefs. They're from Kansas City, right? So mm-hmm. this is, I think, going to be really the first time that it seems like Columbus Crew is actually going to have a serious Ohio-based ownership group, uh, which I think is, is really, really exciting. Um, and it, obviously, Zach, you live in Columbus. You know the buzz that's going around, especially when word um, came out last year that – we have works of, of the of the Haslam and Edwards families talking with MLS to purchase Columbus Crew. What can you just talk about? What was that buzz like in the city? Um, you know what? I physically, I think that it rejuvenated some of the fan base. I think there was a lot of people who were hesitant about coming. Um, they may not have been as involved in the social media hemisphere as uh, myself. I was obviously, as you noted already, pretty active on Twitter. Um, that was where I got most of my information, but, uh, <laughs> so maybe it was a little bit biased, but yeah, I mean, overall it really rejuvenated the fan base, the, the casual fan. Um, I think every team kind of needs that casual fan base along with the hardcore supporters, excuse me, such as myself in the Nordic. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, it, it like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's, the team is now owned and it. I think we lost you there. I'm assuming it feels great. Feels good. Uh, we'll see if we can get we can great get feeling. Back on great here. feeling. <laughs> a great, marvelous feeling. Uh, but now, I, obviously, are you back? No, that was me. Sorry. Oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see if we get Zach back on here. Um, but obviously, uh, with Columbus Crew, we're talking about this new ownership. Now, this was something that Kyler, you and I talked about. Now, mm-hmm. the the market certainly has dwindled for this because. FCC, FC Cincinnati is now in the MLS, so that's going to kind of change some things. But uh, you and I had talked about, if I remember this conversation uh, properly, several years ago about trying to make the shift of it. You know, this is before FC Cincinnati was even even uh, a club in any any league. Uh, about really Columbus trying to step up being Ohio's team, and there was sort of that disconnect. I felt like a lot of people in different regions felt like they weren't quite uh, connected with the, with Columbus crew. And it was one of those situations we had talked about maybe even getting buses or something out to, you know, like Toledo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Mm -hmm. um, if there could be that much of an interest with that, where you would have these, uh, these fans from the, from the kind of furthest reaches of Ohio could have access to a game. Um, because that is one one thing that obviously is a little bit of an issue. I mean, the stats don't necessarily lie. Columbus is one of the lowest on attendances. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that things are going to step up um, with with this new ownership and this new uh, rejuvenation. Um, but what is there anything that you think the family, the Haslam family, Edwards family can do? Obviously, just them being there in a presence is definitely going to really step up. I think the energy with Columbus. Um, but how do you get some of these some of these people that are more casual fans to maybe get to more more games? Yeah, um, you got to do some of the marketing, right? I would, I, you know, I would think so, and I think they're going to try to expand their reach, especially especially with FC Cincinnati coming into to play here. I think they're going to try to expand their reach and try to reach out and grab some of those fans that are you know that they normally don't they don't go for that they don't usually get the advertising out to. And I, I think they're going to go, you know, for some of the, I think it's going to be a huge, uh, at least play in the attendance market, just moving the stadium to downtown and getting that new stadium down there. Cause you're going to have a lot of college kids and, and people that don't usually want you know, want to make the trip all the way out to the outskirts of town, which I know it doesn't sound like too far, but you know, for, for some people, they, yeah, they for some people that's a little ways and a little walk. So, um, I think moving the stadium downtown, obviously that's not going to make a huge, uh, 
dent in uh, the attendance this year, but I think the year after that, it's going to be a huge, huge uh, increase in numbers. And you'll, you'll start seeing that with the attendance records and all that. But I think what they're going to start doing though, is putting way more, getting way more ads out there and advertisements that are increasing uh, flow into the market and get uh, hopefully a few more of those uh, fans to come to the games and, and uh, especially, I think they're going to start reaching more towards that Cleveland area, especially mm-hmm. with the Haslam's uh, owning the the Browns. I think they're going to start working into that Cleveland market a little bit and see if they can reach out that way and get more fans down into the Columbus area for those games. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is. Uh, at one time, there was a like lower, like way lower division uh, Cleveland team, like AFC mm-hmm. Cleveland. I have no idea if they're still there, but obviously having a professional team down the road in Columbus, uh, obviously with the Haslam family, like you said, being the Browns owners, they're definitely going to want to probably try and reel in that market. Um, Right now, I know there's been talks for years about a Detroit franchise, but at the moment there is none. So you could try to try to rope in that Toledo market as well and really start to try and kind of bring in really all of Northern, Northern Ohio to try and get them, um, in in Columbus, uh, and really try and get something special going on on weekends. Obviously, yeah. those weekend matches are a lot more, you know, better for for out of town families that want to make a trip as opposed to to the you know midweek games where you know you got stuff going on or whatever. Because uh, summer is still a very busy time uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of families, even you know if the kids are out of school and everything. So. I think you're right, though. I, I agree that this this new vision for that downtown stadium, I think, is really going to be awesome, especially in the arena district. Uh, yes. You already obviously have the Blue Jackets. You have Nationwide Arena there. There's a lot of hotels and everything there. You got a lot of a uh, lot of different nightlife scene yeah. um, going on there. You have the minor uh, league baseball Huntington park, right? Yeah. Yeah. Minor league baseball, Columbus Clippers. You have uh, Express Live there, so you have concerts and everything. And then you're going to put that stadium not too far away. Um, for Columbus Crew, which even with that, if I'm not mistaken, in that in that vision with that, there is definitely not – it's not going to just be a soccer stadium, yeah. right? There's going to be other things going on there as well. And I think it's just going to be – Yeah, man, Confluent awesome. Village. A mm-hmm. Confluent Village. Is that is that your own term or, or – No, that's the term that they gave it. Oh, that's it's, the term they – I was like, that was yeah, pretty good. That it's it's going to be a mixed-use um, – residential and commercial area they're going to try and get people to live there as well okay i wonder, I wonder how much that's going to cost that, that would be awesome but at the same time <laughs> a little price it's uh that. th- that's the nature of living in columbus though really is you're gonna spend a little bit more cash than you want to to live somewhere desirable like that wow well, that that's understandable <laughs> you know, downtown city i think it's the same thing down here in in uh cincinnati uh, one thing that I hope definitely changes with this new ownership, and I think they've already done a splendid job. I think they're on the right track with everything, getting things really back to where I think that glory with Columbus could be, um, is is overall merchandise. And I know that's sort of a weird thing to say, but uh, I remember this was this was a couple years ago now, and we all we all went down to a to a crew game, and it was, uh, uh, you were there, Zach, myself. Our, our friends, uh, Nick, sounds like me, and Rob Martin. Um, <laughs> we all, well, yeah, apparently you basically are camping out there. But so all of us went, and Rob and I were down there uh, early on Saturday, and we went to three different. We went to uh, to Tuttle, Tuttle Creek. Um, we went to I think Easton, and we went to like another place, another mall. Um, it wasn't players, but a different mall, and there was we couldn't find any Columbus Crew merchandise anywhere. Not even at any of those like locker room stores where they have like you know the the throwback uh, jersey from some wide receiver that played at like the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not talking about Larry Fitzgerald. I'm just talking about a random guy you don't even know. I'm like, how do you have their jersey but you don't have someone from Columbus? Um, But it finally was a Dick's Sporting Goods that we went to, and they had like one shelf, and they had I think scarves, gloves, hat, and like maybe a mini soccer ball, and that was it. So we had to wait till we got to the to the crew stadium, and obviously those hours at the at the crew store are really predominantly only during crew games. You know they have some some different hours or whatnot as well. But that just shocked me for a professional team, especially because you know Ohio State is not professional; they're collegiate. Obviously, that's everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you got like 
Ohio State stores next to each other. And obviously, that's kind of a whole different animal. But to not have anything in, like, the whole city, I can understand not having it in, like, Cleveland or Cincinnati, but have nothing in the whole city uh, really surprised me, especially because when FCC was coming around, that got big time. I mean, everybody had stuff. You know, your Homage had it. Your, your Dick Sporting Goods had it. They had the store that they opened up downtown, which was open during the day. And then when they when they moved to MLS, that as soon as they unveiled that new logo, that new merch was everywhere, and that just really blew me away because I was like, uh, "You want to talk about how the marketing has been down with Columbus Crew? This is like a prime example because FC Cincinnati moves in to MLS and their merchandise is everywhere." And you, I mean, I felt like I, I had to basically walk into you know walk into the stadium and almost pull off you know Higuain's jersey off his back just to get a Columbus <laughs> Crew shirt. So. Uh, that I think is something that hopefully will will move forward because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I love a good team shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. So hopefully, hopefully that that stuffs up. Uh, with this new ownership, we also have a new president and a new coach. That all happened very quickly. Obviously, Greg Berhalter leaving Columbus for the U.S. Men's National Team job. So. You know, leaving on good terms. Obviously, he did a lot because after Columbus uh, won the MLS Cup back in 2008, the next season, I, I believe they won the Supporters' Shield, but were bounced in the playoffs. Um, that was back when the playoffs were all real funky. It was like the number one like seed in the East and the West got the, the one-two seed, and then everyone else was just randomly ranked on how they finished. So, like, Columbus ended up losing to Real Salt Lake, who was in the West. And then we also saw Lake beat the Galaxy, who's also in the West for the MLS Cup. That's when uh, Landon Donovan missed that penalty, if you remember that. Yep. Um, but that's going way back. But anyway, so <laughs> after that, though, they kind of have some down years. And then Burhalter came and really kind of rejuvenated uh, the crew back into kind of contention. Um, and they made the playoffs. Let's see, they're what, five years? Four out of the five years? Yep. That's uh, correct. If I'm not mistaken. And obviously, he leaves on a good note going to the USA. And now we need a new coach, and we got we got our guy right as as the as the crew have noted. We got our guy, Caleb Porter, uh, the former Portland Timbers head coach, and prior to that, the former Akron Zips head coach. So he took Akron. Akron is a powerhouse. I went, to, you know, Zach and I went to Bowling Green, and Bowling Green every year it didn't matter how good they were in soccer, they always lost to Akron in the MAC championship because. Akron, the way the MAC worked was the top four teams all went to the number one seeds home, which was always Akron, and then Akron just did not lose a home. So uh, there's that. So Caleb Porter, a beast of a coach at Akron, they won the school's only national championship in soccer, came when I was there. Then he went to Portland. I thought this was a great hire for Portland during that time. Obviously, the, the evil irony is that Caleb Porter is an Ohio guy. He's coaching Portland, and Portland defeats Columbus Crew in that um, MLS Cup on in Columbus at Murphy Stadium, so that one hurt. Um, but now he is here with Columbus, and the president Tim Bezbachenko is. He was originally at Toronto, being their president, where he made those key additions, uh, such as uh, Javinko and Josie Altador and all those guys that really helped um, Toronto start to become kind of a big name in the league because they're just kind of a, a so-so club. Um, but then obviously they got back-to-back MLS Cup champ or MLS Cups, and they they lost one to Seattle on penalties, and then they ended up beating Seattle the following year. Um, they edged out Columbus too in that Eastern Conference final, and and Tim's an Ohio guy too from Westerville, so that, that one kind of hurts too. But now we got both our guys here, president and coach. Uh, we'll start with you, Zach. What do, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? What's kind of your thoughts on these new guys here for Columbus? Uh, I think these are both great hires. Um, I've been a big fan of Caleb Porter, even while he was at Portland, Uh, just in their style of play is super exciting. It's great. Uh, I think, I think it's very close to Greg's style. Um, Greg played a real possession based, uh, try and find the openings and create the openings through playing out of the back. Um, And I think Caleb does a very similar play style of that. Um, I like his, his use of midfielders. Um, I think he, plays with a strong creative midfielder very well. Um, so I'm excited about that hire and obviously very excited about Tim Bezbachenko as well. Uh, being an Ohio guy, I think he, he even said in their presser the other day that uh, he grew up, he's grown up watching the crew. Uh, he's been a crew fan for the last 23 years. Um, so that that's just adds to that family identity that uh, 
the new ownership is creating. So I think they're both great hires. I think they're very well selected. Kyler? You know what? I I love, like, as Zach said, that they're both local guys. I love that they grew up loving the crew and cheering for the crew and going to crew games. And I think they even said in the presser the other day that Bespachinko actually was the first season ticket holder. Like he actually had season tickets to, for the first season of the crew, which is crazy okay. to think that guy now is our uh, president. So that's kind of pretty awesome to, to see, but I'm, I'm uh, also pretty excited. I mean, Porter's won everywhere he's gone and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he can carry that over into the, into the crew. And I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see what he does with the, the team and see if uh, who they bring in and exactly what type of um, tactics he's going to bring to the table. But I think no matter what, I think he, he's a, brings a winning attitude to the crew. And after Greg Burhalter and as, as great as he was, I think, I think this is going to be just as good, if not better. Lee. Oh yeah. I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, what Zach and Kyler said is right on. I mean, both of them local, both of them have a love for the team. Uh, little fun fact on uh, coach Porter, apparently in the 2011 MLS draft, eight of the top eight or five of the top eight picks came from his Akron zips. So, I mean, he developed some studs and uh, I mean, I, I'm sure he's going to be doing some hardcore recruiting and development on the guys that are already there. So, I mean, from the coaching standpoint, we're set. And then ownership or uh, president wise with Betschenko, I mean, like Kyler said, he's local guy, grew up a crew fan and I mean, he's going to do whatever's best for his team. So, I think we're set. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly with all those. The The fact that these are local guys, you know that they are going to work to make uh, a Columbus a championship caliber team. Um, we're, we're right there at the cusp, right? We have the, the one MLS Cup final. We had the, the Eastern Conference Eastern uh, Conference final, um, and we made the playoff. I mean, only one real lackluster year. Um but I'm attributing. I'm, I'm going to attribute that to the to the lousy jerseys that that we got. <laughs> um, you know, I swear every year, every, every game that we wore those four Columbus kits, those nasty yellow, uh, white, blue, like baby blue. What you know? What I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, every time we wore those jerseys, I swear we lost. Um, and every time we wore the black jerseys, I swear we we like got a result. So. I'm sticking to that for that year. But overall, a lot of good work that Greg Berhalter has done. And Caleb Porter even said that in the press conference that that, that foundation has been been laid and he wants to to continue to build on top of that. And I think these guys are definitely going to go to work trying to figure out what is best for Columbus to win uh, their second MLS Cup. Uh, now, it's going to be uh, some changes coming up, right? Because as uh, we've already kind of known, uh, Zach Steffen, He's going to be here for like the first half of the year, right? Well, most of the, most of the season, I suppose, um, until he gets that call back from Manchester City, that big transfer from Columbus to Manchester City. Uh, so Zach Steffen is going to be uh, gone towards the end of the season. Uh, Will Trapp, it looks like, might be leaving as well. There's a lot of interest in him. Um, and obviously, as I, I believe this is Higuain's final season as well. Um, at least on, on a contract base. So um, what are, what are your thoughts on just obviously Stefan leaving will be a, a huge, a huge blow, especially when it comes down that final stretch towards the end of the season. Yeah. I hate seeing Stefan leave. Honestly, that's a huge loss as, as you all know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think we're going to land on our feet here. And obviously, if uh, he's leaving and you get that that money back in that he's leaving for, because obviously he's not leaving for just a few pennies and nickels. He's leaving for a good chunk of change. So you're going to have some money to spend. That's what I'm kind of interested to see how they handle that and what they spend their money on and who they get back to kind of, you know, re-up the team. And obviously, Will Trapp's a leader, so I really would hate seeing him go. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does leave. Uh but again, I'm just I'm, I'm really excited to see who who they uh, end up bringing back in and who fits into the system and and see what kind of I'm hoping young talent we can bring in and you know really kick some butt with. I'm talking big name star. 
I want the big name <laughs> star. Put some some butts in the seats. Well, well, hopefully with the pledge, there there will already be butts in the seats. I know uh, Zach, <laughs> you have stepped up on the pledge you were talking about uh, prior to the show here that you might as well, right? You're you're going to be there anyways. You might as well get the oh get yeah, man. The pledge, get those season tickets. Uh, I, I remember we it, this was the playoff game against Red Bulls. Uh, my brother and I, we, we went and we ended up standing on that concourse just right there at the railing uh, to watch the game. And then um, Zach came over afterwards, and, and I got a, I got chewed out by Zach for not actually sitting in the seat because it made it look like we weren't there. Man, uh, so I'm I telling you right now. I scored and everything, but uh, I guess it wasn't good enough for, for Mr. McClurg here. Be the one <laughs> you know what? I was talking to somebody just about that today, about how this guy was telling me, he was like, yeah, I like to stand in the concourse. And I was like, man, you got to sit in the seat. Like, you bet, you've seen Buckeye Stadium when everyone sits in their seats. That place is rocking. Like, that's how we need the new stadium to be, is we got to get seats and get butts in those seats, and it's going to look amazing <laughs> when they put it on ESPN. Once the game starts, though, you got to stand up. There's, there's no sitting. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can stand up. <laughs> yeah, 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 your butt doesn't have to be in the seat. <laughs> your butt has to be in the general area in of the, the air seat. above the seat you purchased. Put you standing near the bench. <laughs> All right, there, there, there you have it, folks. If you're going to a Columbus Crew game, you better be there. You better be standing, and your butt better be a few inches above the seat. <laughs> no, no time for concessions or anything. Do that at do that pregame or, or, or halftime. But I, but Mr. McClurg here, he's going to find you, and he's going to chew you out, so you can get back to your seat. Man, I'm going to uh, make sure that new stadium gets designed without a concourse. <laughs> How are you going to get people to go around? That's the – that's the real question. It's just That's not going to be open to the field. <laughs> Straight open to the field. Uh, you know, what we went to uh, – my family and I went to the, the Cotton Bowl last year when Ohio State uh, put a beating on USC defensively. Uh, and, and that is the weird – there's like the stadium, the concourse is on like multiple levels. If you want to go from one side to the other, it's easier to literally just chance outrunning a cop to get across the field the concourse is like you got to go on a concourse and you got to go up like eight flights of stairs you know like six flight you know six stories higher and then walk on the back it's just it's it's ridiculous but it sounds like that's the kind of sort of concourse in quotations uh that that zach zach wants here i just don't think uh, that you see those kind of things in european stadiums i mean you look at some of the stadiums that they've uh, cited as part of their design and they're really like the uh, four sides full kind of stadiums you know okay now what here's here's a question what uh, i can't remember if there's a certain number that's been thrown out there yet but what what is a good a good number because i think maffrey stadium holds twenty four thousand, roughly maybe a yeah, little less around 24 i think they might even be able to get up to 26 for usa games Okay, because we, we, Zach and I know about that. We stood on those bleachers. Yeah, <laughs> right, we did. Uh, so, obviously, that's how they get a few extra seats in there. Um, but, obviously, do you think that's a good number going forward, especially with the, the pledges and everything, or do you think they should lower a little, a little with kind of that new stadium? I think the goal for the new one is 20,000. 20,000? Okay. Yeah. Which well, I, I think is a good number. I mean, it – creates enough of a demand there's enough of a demand for that much i think and um it leaves less of a chance i think to uh have have empty seats i mean we're not gonna we're obviously not gonna fill up a hundred thousand seat stadium like the horseshoe just north of right where the stadium is gonna be just and so i think a twenty thousand seat stadium you're gonna get loud still you're gonna have big stands big crowds uh, you're gonna have enough people to get downtown but you're not going to flood the area. And yeah, I think 20,000 is a, a great number. I, I can agree with that. And I, and I think, uh, obviously you're, you're the architect on, on here. Um, but I think personally, it would be awesome to get, uh, and I know there's already been designs out there and those look awesome as well. Uh, um, this is not a critique on the designs. The designs look great, but even if, you know, you, you watch European soccer, obviously primarily you can watch every, you know, every weekend it, they got multiple games on NBC Sports Network, and sometimes you, normally they're always covering the big the big teams like Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Man United. But uh, they do play the games at you know the smaller clubs. And just the other day, I think it was 
I want to say it might have been Liverpool and um, Brighton and Hove Albion. But that was a cool um, little stadium. Um, Cardiff City has a cool little stadium. I would almost be, you know, 100% down with if, if you know, we kind of deviated from the, the American type of design and even try to make a crossbreed between like an American and just a, a smaller, you know, because those probably hold roughly about. 24th at 20 20,000 24,000 yeah definitely um, so i mean that's just my personal opinion i don't i don't know what you guys think you, you think that would be cool to have a little mixture from uh you know an ancient european club i mean in europe <laughs> soccer's been around as long as baseball has been around ancient. here and you see those the, well you know what i mean i mean it's know, like 100 <laughs> some odd years old but that's like ancient compared i mean you think about like the, the jurassic period <laughs> the jurassic period that's right seats there carved a, out of stone <laughs> there's a stegosaurus just chilling outside when you went to the games there uh when, when the stadium opened um but that's just my thought. What What are your guys' thought on on that? Do you think that would be an interesting design, or or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be pretty cool to have a stadium design like that. I mean, I'm cool with um, the stadium designs that are you know they're coming up with now. <laughs> I like each of them. There's there's not a bad one. But uh, um, you know, I actually actually I like the idea that Zach was saying without a concourse. I actually like that idea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So uh, if we can do that, let's go ahead people. and get that done. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I personally am a fan of just the modern designs, like each stadium trying to one-up the next one with technology or just mm-hmm. the modern look of it. But, like, when it comes to the seating, I'm, I'm a big fan of just the, the full bowl, similar mm-hmm. to what the horseshoe is, except, you know, like finish off the shoe and make us full <laughs> circles. <laughs> like the Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm – I agree. No concourse. Get that out of here. Okay. There you have it. Uh, these guys are on board. No concourse. Obviously, you know, I like to stand on the concourse. I got to <laughs> seriously yeah. move to make sure uh, Zach doesn't find me. Yeah. Well, you're, um, you're more of a Cincinnati fan anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> well, why don't you come down and stand in the Nordic? You can stand there. <laughs> I have stood in the Nordic. And that, Not down in that south stands. I think it's wild. Well, you know. The the Nordic was all sold out for that playoff game when when we yeah. got on, so yeah. you know, it is it is it is what it is. But I've been in the Nordic before, and it, it I can attribute this it does get wild. I I went to a game with uh, with Lee and Kyler, my other friend Chris was there, and and whoo, they I mean they just gave me a flag, so I was just waving this flag. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> never give Justin Thomas flag, a flag. <laughs> That's true. I I don't think anyone behind me could see the. No, I think they were actually getting pretty mad. <laughs> All right, well, if those folks there. ever listen to this podcast, I apologize. I got too too excited, too rambunctious, uh, waving waving that flag. So <laughs> that's that's my bad. Um, let's talk real quick here to wrap up uh, our, our crew talk here with this. Um, what is a player that you're excited about? And we can even go a little bit more in depth in this in our next podcast. But just off the top of your head, what is a player that you are excited about um, with Columbus coming this season? I'm going to jump in and say Iguain. I mean, you said it might be his last season. It could be his mm-hmm. last season playing soccer ever. So, he, see if he steps up and just plays all out and finishes on a high note. We got to get that guy a cup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's I been around forever. I'm personally excited about this new Brazilian signing that we're rumored to be getting. Um, I know he's only referred to as Rubinho. Uh you could confuse it As with they some all, of the... They all are, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> we got about three or four names. Um, but, yeah, he seems like he's a real dynamic winger, um, and I think that that was one of our weakest points um, through last year was our wing play. We had, um, <clears throat> at least in my opinion, a little bit too much overlap from players like Harrison Offal on the outside and Milton Valenzuela on the other. Uh, they tend to overlap a little bit too much just because I think that our wingers were a little bit less dynamic than what Greg wanted them to be. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this new signing. Um, I think he's going to play well with uh, Caleb Porter's tactics. Um, I, I agree with that. I and you kind of mentioned both both of my guys. I know I, I cheated here. I went with two guys, but they're you know they're the same position <laughs> on either side. But awful Harrison, awful and and uh, um, Valenzuela. I think 
both of those guys, I'm excited to see. I mean, Awful has been with the crew for a minute now, and he's just – I mean, he's a, a wild card because – he's a wild card in a good way because sometimes he – he gets up there in that overlap, and he's just he's like, so fun to watch, though. Take a shot, right? And people aren't expecting him to take a shot. It's an absolute rocket. Uh, but then there's the times, like in that two years ago against New York City FC in the playoffs. He walked he just, it in, man. He just walked it in, right? So he, <laughs> he is a really good, good, exciting player uh, that I think a lot of people sort of always sort of forget about on the opposite team about what kind of threats he has. And, and Valenzuela, I think, really stepped up last year. Obviously, he's just 20 years old, so – um, I think going forward, he's definitely going to be an exciting, exciting player to watch. Yeah, a fool was—he was definitely the dude that I was uh, thinking about there. He's—he's he's amazing to watch. Like Zach said, he—I mean, the way he can move with the ball and and overlap, and he's—he's he's just a threat both on defense and on offense. So that would—that'd be the dude I'm most excited to to see this year. All right, let's go wrap up our Columbus crew talk for this part of the segment. In a moment, we'll come back. We'll talk about FC Cincinnati. Welcome back to Set Peace. I'm Justin Thomas. We got Kyler Washam and Lee Lukasevic here on the line. We're going to talk about FC Cincinnati. Obviously, if you were tuning in here, we had a, a rather long discussion about Columbus crew, um, but there was lots to talk about, new ownership and whatnot. FCC is on kind of the flip side. They are very relatively new. Columbus Crew has been charter member number one. FC Cincinnati has only been around for, this is going to be their third season. That's hard to believe. Uh, Their third season, and they've been promoted to Major League Soccer. They just got their starts in the United Soccer League or the USL. So FC Cincinnati is now jumping into the MLS, and they've made kind of a lot of big big moves uh, so far. If you've been listening to my earlier podcast with the Wing Lions, you know that uh, they've been making a lot of signings. Um, they brought some folks back from the original team that was there last year. Um, they have parted ways with some folks from last year as well, but they made a lot of big, big signings. Uh, their first big signing was Fernando Adi, uh, who came away from Portland Timbers. Uh, he did win the MLS Cup. Um, that during his time with Portland, so that was kind of a big name. Uh, they've also did very well, in my opinion, with the MLS um, expansion draft. Uh, they got some some good players uh, with that as well, such as Darren Maddox was was kind of a big one with that. They also went out and got uh, he, I can't even say his first name, so we're just going to call him by his nickname here, uh, TD, who is the <laughs> probably going to be the new goalkeeper. Uh, he's from Poland. He played he's played in Europe. Um, so collectively. This is uh, a kind of a, a, a team that's going to have, obviously, a lot to go together because you got some of the original guys there from last year. You got some of these big signings from uh, elsewhere. And then you also have guys that have been playing, playing in the MLS that are coming in. Uh, so, so overall, uh, we'll start with Kyler here. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Just on, I know you guys, are, you guys are further north, right? Um, and not necessarily here in Cincinnati, um, but I'm sure you've heard about this orange and blue buzz that's going on uh, down here in the Queen City. Yeah, um, I, you know what? It's it's a, kind of a breath of fresh air, too, somewhat to see a, a team that young have mm-hmm. that much success and that much uh, backing with, uh, you know, their fans and supporters. They seem like they're all in, you know, always, you know, doing their best to fill up Nippert Stadium all the time, which is nuts. But – uh you know, with all the, the moves they're making and everything, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that team will mesh, um, you know, come the games. Because, like you said, they're they're gathering from a lot of different sources, and you're going to have a lot of different people coming into a new town. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they do there. And you got a lot of turnaround, like, like you said, losing a few guys and gaining quite a few. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how uh, they do this year. And – uh I'm interested to see how they can compete with uh, the teams that have been around a little longer in the MLS. Lee, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm interested too. I mean, the who is it? Atlanta. It's only their second year, and they won the cup. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if Cincinnati can pull off something like that. And I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but that time we went to Dave and Buster's, and I cashed in my tickets for that blue and orange soccer ball thinking that i might have to jump ship from the cruise <laughs> <FC>. but, <laughs> but yeah i mean at that time i was a little bit excited but 
actually I'm still excited, but definitely <laughs> yeah. a crew fan. And uh but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm sure there'll be a in state rivalry between the two teams. That'll be exciting. Let's see if uh what kind of traveling each side will do. Might have like a half and half stadium, a lot of booze and cheers and maybe some fights. That'd be neat. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it into a hot dog. We here at Zeppies do not promote violence. <laughs> of course not. Only off stadium grounds. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, this is Green this Street is, Hooligans. Let's get some going. Yeah, there. The hooliganism. Yeah. Uh, Kyler trying to get hooliganism started here in the state. Um, <laughs> but obviously, that that is a, a, a attributed for. I'm not saying hooliganism is you know something we need to be having, but the fact of the matter that they're Columbus's rival technically was Toronto FC, and I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I there's there's really, I mean, sure we share Lake Erie, but like what <laughs> what what kind of rivalry is that, right? I mean, any any other any other person could do, and yet for the longest time, uh, Columbus's closest rival had been like Chicago, uh, and then they kind of made this Trillium Cup with Toronto, and and then um, it almost looked like for a moment that when they were finally going to get like a regional rival that would actually make this like an awesome rivalry series. You see what happens with the Cascadia cup with Portland and Seattle. I mean, they got like nine or 10 buses that ship fans back and forth um, for those games. And you just see how awesome those rivalries are. And the MLS is really trying to build on those rivalries. Um, and, and for Columbus to stay in Columbus as FC Cincinnati comes in, uh, hell is real. That's what the, uh, the, the derby is everyone's latching on to that. Um, for those of you that are not sure what, what that even means, there's a giant billboard off I-71 um, that says, you know, like hell is real. And, and, you know, like the next billboard is like the 10 commandments or something like that. Um, and I-71, it, it's between Cincinnati and Columbus. So that's where that, that sounds pretty awesome. Not going to lie. I wish I could see that billboard firsthand. <laughs> well, you got to, you got to drive down to Columbus and then, we'll make and then the drive trek. down to Cincinnati. I'm going to make the trek. They're going to make the trek specifically <laughs> to see the billboard. You better yeah, check out Google. a billboard this weekend. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, <laughs> we might make a stop down in the old Sin City. You never know. <laughs> the old Sin Vegas? City. <laughs> that's all. That's the other Sin City. No, no Sin City with a C. Keep, with a this C, is the right? Ohio Sin City. Ohio Sin City. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, if you want to go check out that that billboard, uh, there you have it. But obviously, these these two clubs have met one time, uh, and it was in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, and mm-hmm. that was at Nippert Stadium. And FC Cincinnati got the one nil victory over yep. Columbus. Great crew. game. Uh, so that was in part with FC Cincinnati's run to the semifinals in that, in that tournament. So, uh, it, pulling off all those saves. it was nuts. Yes. Yes. I remember the brand who's, uh, he's, it he was not here this, this season, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, season, but he was, he was a beast in that game. Um, so there's a lot of buzz, I think just across the state of Ohio for, for kind of another Ohio series in a different professional uh, professional league so I know I'm excited it, it definitely puts me in a peculiar spot because I like <laughs> both FC Cincinnati and Columbus crew and you could always get away with not having to you know pick one in a in a match since they were in different leagues uh, but now that's gonna really put me in a tight spot I think uh, moving forward so you, you got to just cheer for the home team I guess that's you know that's the eight-year-old <laughs> <average>, right maybe <laughs> hey, it gives you know. a little bit you know leeway there you, you know when he gets to the playoff time, you can always just – that's what I do with the, you know, Cleveland and Cincinnati there. If, and usually it was Cincinnati Bengals making it to the playoffs and not the Browns. So, at least you have somebody to cheer for. <laughs> right. Like, go Ohio. Somebody, yeah. somebody made yep, it. Exactly. And I Lee's don't know that like, pain. Yeah, Lee's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor little Lee. Boy, oh, boy. But the fact of the matter is I think this is creating a lot of buzz. Um, and like you guys said – it's going to be interesting to see how quickly this team meshes. Um, they did a lot of sort of changes midseason last year when Adi came in and they put him in the starting lineup after a few games. And it's just my opinion. I feel like that did not mesh well. Um, Ledesma, who was a beast all season long, as soon as Adi got put in the starting lineup, uh, those two just never seemed to be able to really click on the same page. It kind of, in my opinion, messed up FCC's mojo. Uh, and that was a club that won – the the us uh usl's regular season championship that mm-hmm. you know that the shield um but then they got 
they they did make it past the first round for the first time. Um, and and uh, this is a fourth season. That's embarrassing. Uh, the fourth season, uh, <laughs> as the, but it was the first time they got past the first round. Uh, they did it on penalties, and then at home they lost to New York Red Bulls too. Um, so basically, kind of the B team for Red Bulls, one yeah. nil, um, and that they just look kind of dysfunctional in that in that match. So I know for Cincinnati, especially because you know the Reds haven't won a playoff game since 95 and yeah. they won in 90 <laughs> 1990 is the last time they won a world series the Bengals have won a world series ever uh this is a this is a a city that desperately wants a championship team um and last year looked like it was going to be on pace for that and then it just kind of came up short so i know it's going to be it's going to be more difficult the higher ranked league here but um I don't think the fans are are shying away from from really believing that this team can can compete. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting. We saw how things can be interesting for new clubs. Obviously, worked for like Houston Dynamo back in the yep. mid two thousands, uh, and it's worked for Atlanta United. But you see Minnesota United kind of off to a sluggish start. Uh, Orlando City, who were beasts in the USL. Um, they get to MLS. They haven't made the playoffs yet. I think. I don't think they've made one playoff since they've been in the MLS. So um, it will be interesting to see how this team does. Um, but they have the local ownership as well. They got a huge fan base um, behind them, especially with those some of those bigger matches. They're getting, uh, you know, like twenty five thousand um, people in into the stadium. And this is a this is a club that I think a, a lot of people down here are excited about. And it sounds like you guys are kind of hearing about some of the mm-hmm. excitement as well, uh, a little, a little further north, in, uh, in northwest Ohio. Yep. You know, it's it'll be pretty, uh, pretty cool to see. Well, you talked about uh, Houston and and uh, Atlanta. You know, creating this winning atmosphere, and I think a lot of it for Cincinnati will come down to if they can create that culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, you know, a couple of years ago, they kind of had that and it was just, it was like, oh man, they had motivation. They had a whole lot of um, symmetry with each other. And it just seemed like they were clicking on all cylinders and uh, had all momentum going for them. And, you know, you really hope they can get back to that time where everybody was clicking and it, but um, bringing in like all this fresh blood and everybody coming in, and like you said, a lot of turnover. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if, if they can reel it all in and and bring everybody together and create a culture that is a winning culture. And it, it is something I think they can do, though. I think they have, you know, some good guys in charge. I think they can, you know, make some make some moves. And hopefully with this, you know, super, super draft coming up, I'm really hoping they can uh, make some good selections and come out on top you know and the super draft is interesting because not a lot of big names really come from the super draft but sometimes you don't necessarily need those big names but it's, it's funny because i mean they've stacked up like 10 picks in the super draft um from just doing some trades with a couple of different clubs and it almost is kind of funny because it almost shows how kind of most clubs are not really that worried about the mls super draft um, in this in this day and age, so they they seem to kind of they're free picking um, <laughs> with the super draft here. So we'll see we'll see kind of how how that all plays out, um, and really kind of see what happens uh, with that. As always, I want to thank you guys for jumping on here for talking about FC Cincinnati and talking about Columbus Crew earlier. Always stay tuned here as we'll have more set piece uh, pitch cast. I'm gonna call it a pitch cast maybe. So I like it. Uh, set piece pitch cast that are going to be coming out um, throughout the leading up to the season. And then we'll, we'll try to have kind of uh, more match recaps for both Columbus crew and for FC Cincinnati uh, during the season. So once again, I want to thank you guys for jumping on, taking time tonight uh, to talk professional soccer. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Is there any stoppage time tonight? Uh, I think we, I think we've already went over the stoppage time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to keep this at an hour, and I think we're a little bit over an hour. But um, I mean, I, that you want to talk about USA? Is that what you're trying to get into? Ah, oh, we could save that. I think you're right, though. We final whistles about the blow. <laughs> you just you can't call it out stoppage time, and then you 
I'm just I'm saying, oh, no, if I'm the fourth ref, you're off. Uh, for, for those of you wondering, the stoppage time was going to be if we were going over. We're trying to keep it within an hour. If we're going to go over there, you know, because there's stoppage time. Sometimes, you know, it's just undocumented time. Lee apparently wanted it and then called it back. Lee's like the guy that, you know, you want stoppage time because you need your club to get the equalizer, and then they get the equalizer, and then you're immediately like, that's time. Fish, that's, that's it. Time. That's, that's what it. happened. Like, that's exactly how that's just Pull the plug. Pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for hopping on. Thanks for Thank you again. Time.